Hi, this is Brad Inman with my Daily Dispatch. Here is a bit of Inman legend. The Inman family invented Walmart. Now you're saying, oh, come on, Brad. Do not believe me? Well, here is how the family lore goes. My grandfather started a big warehouse regional discount outlet store during the Depression in rural Southern Illinois. True. It was called a house of a thousand bargains, true. He bought the goods from wholesalers who delivered the merchandise through barges on the Mississippi River, true. Later, my uncle Dale left the family nest in Illinois and went to Arkansas, where he met Sam Walton at the Ben Franklin store, true. They went hunting together, true. Now here is the unconfirmed gap in the family lore. You must suspect that my Uncle Dale, being a retailer, and Sam Walton being a retailer, Dale shared the story of a house of a thousand bargains and how it worked with Sam Walton when they were out in the Arkansas woods together. And of course, the house of a thousand bargains was the blueprint for Walmart, and the rest is history. So what do you think? Did the Inman family invent Walmart? Now, I have a guest today who has his share of interesting family stories, and I'm very lucky to have today, Anthony Hitt, the CEO of Engel and Bulkers Real Estate. We're gonna discuss a whole bunch of issues. One, how to deal with some of the emotional effects that seem to be affecting people as they're isolated. And also, we're gonna brainstorm some real estate niches that might emerge on the other side of the coronavirus. Hello, Anthony. How are you? Hey, Brad. Thanks for inviting me on these dispatches. They've been incredible. I've been listening to them uh, all the time. A lot of good information in these. Oh, well, thank you for doing this. Uh, I really, I'm a big fan of yours. And uh, one reason, I've always known you to be very optimistic. I remember having breakfast or lunch at, I think, the Four Seasons in New York, and you told me the history of your professional career, and unvarnished, you know, it was it was just really fascinating how you told it, and uh, I was always impressed with that, just because you were candid. So, um, you and I were discussing before the before we got onto this. Um, you know, we're in week five for many people and the isolation and. Um, we're noticing the trolls went away for a while in our comment zone and people are particularly nice. And I noticed over the weekend, people getting a little angrier and, you know, a natural emotion um, and, and people feeling, you know, what they're feeling and not only afraid for their health and afraid for their jobs, but maybe going stir crazy being at home, particularly people in small apartments and you're in New York city. So I thought Anthony, you could share, your thinking on that, am I right in my analysis, but also is this week gonna be challenging because it is kind of week to week. And, uh, but let's start, are you healthy and okay? I'm healthy, everyone uh, here is, uh, is good. Uh, I am in uh, the, the, the epicenter of the epicenter. I'm in uh, Midtown Manhattan wow. uh, in, in, my, uh, in my apartment, my, my home here and uh, have been here now for a little over four weeks, uh, only going out for a run and groceries. But uh, it's definitely a, a trying time. It's very odd to be in this, this city that is a you know, hustle and bustle 24 hours a day and, uh, and hear absolute silence as if I was in rural Missouri 
where I grew up. I mean, it's wow. it's quiet outside. It's uh, it's very very bizarre. Um, the only thing. Where do you run? Do you run through the park, or where do you run? I do. I go up. Uh, I'm in Midtown, so I run up uh, uh, Fifth Avenue, up into the park, and then around the park a little bit. Not around the park. I wish I could run around the park, and uh, and then you know, through the edge of the park, and then back around. So it's a nice uh, park, three, to, three to five miles. Is the park packed? I, I, I couldn't think of a better time to have a, a city park than right now. Um, I've seen pictures of other like national parks. I know they've closed all the national parks in the U.S. because people were on the hiking trails and they weren't you know, social distancing. Uh, for the most part, what I've seen in New York City is New Yorkers are, are, are taking the heat. They're, they're listening. They're, they're not right on top of each other. Uh, there's not nearly as many people as it would be on a normal time. I mean, it's a fraction of a fraction of people out there. But yeah, there's quite a few people, especially yesterday was a beautiful day in New York City, and there were quite a few people out. Nice. Well, you know, the good news is we're coming on spring and summer and the best time of the year for <clears throat> anywhere, but it, certainly New York City. Anthony, tell me this. You and I talked a little bit ahead of time about uh, your conversations on this very subject of morale and spirit um, as we go into week five, depending on where you are, of isolation. What are you hearing? And, you know, as a leader of your company, what, are you, what is it you're communicating other than trying to be optimistic? Um, you know, obviously try to be optimistic. And, and you, you mentioned earlier that I've kind of been known to be a pretty optimistic person, pretty positive person. And I would agree with that. But I'm, but I'm also a realist. Uh, and I think you have to balance those things. I think sometimes you can be optimistic with the idea that if I just hope enough that things are going to be okay and work out, that it will. And, uh, and, and that's not usually the case. That's, uh, that's powerful without any question. But you've also got to put something behind that. And, uh, and part of that is just an understanding of, uh, of what's going on around you. So, so that being said, uh, you know, one of the positives, if you will, of, of this whole uh, uh, outbreak is that I've been able to have a lot more of these types of conversations with people uh, you know, throughout uh, not only the, my network, but also out throughout the industry. And, uh, and it's interesting how this, this, uh, this uh, you know, physical isolation is actually in some cases made for better connections with people who I haven't been too busy to do this kind of thing with. But what, I, what I've found and what I'm hearing and, and what I'm communicating is that no matter who we are, no matter what walk of life we're in, whether we're, we're just getting started, we've been around for a long time, uh, that we all have an anxiety right now, and that's okay. Uh, there's a little bit of fear because there is an unknown, and, and that's okay. Um, and I think that has helped me a lot is just knowing that I'm not by myself in some of the, the, the thoughts that run, run through my head. And I think it's helped a lot of other people to hear that, that same thing. Um, so I get that's a good start is just starting with the idea of just knowing you're not alone. Uh, yeah. even you might physically be alone right now. Yeah. Can you imagine during the, the Spanish flu? I mean, they didn't have these vehicles. Um, yeah, I've always said if, if the final shoe to drop in Armageddon is if the internet goes down, then we'll be walking out in the street like zombies because, so we're really fortunate, you know, the internet technology gets, you know, bashed all the time, but thank God for entrepreneurs inventing all this cool stuff that keeps us connected. And what you said, I'm having quality conversations, at least 30 minutes in every podcast with people, honest to God, I didn't even know. I should have known, but they were important people. But, you know, you see them in a green room, you see them in the hallway, you know, as someone said, in passing professionally, which is about the most mm -hmm. empty way to touch and connect with people. Now, tell me about your members. What do you this isolation, what are you hearing? How are they staying optimistic? And I assume some of this market stuff is gonna hit home, zero well, transactions. 
you know, we've been talking a lot about that because uh, you know I'm talking to some of the same people on a weekly basis and some uh, you know that are fresh each week. And uh, and what's been interesting, and you and I were talking about this a little before we we uh, started recording, is the uh, the fact that uh, um, when we first got into this, we definitely had that rah rah. I mean, from the from a political standpoint, you talk about rally around the flag. Uh, you know, we had that kind of rally around the the situation, and we all were we're positive and we can do this and we can do anything and this is what it's going to be. And yes, we had to close a shop or yes, we had to do whatever. Yes, we tried to, uh, to lobby the government to do something to help us out or, or make, essential, make a real estate essential, whatever those things were. There was a lot of mission uh, in what we were doing. Um, and then week three and week four, then that started to fade a little bit and then we started moving into the next level. And I, and I think the reality is, and I can hear it in people's voices each week, um, is the, the realness of this is, uh, is starting to wear on people. And I do think we're moving into the tougher, I'd like to say the toughest week, but I think the tougher weeks are ahead of us. And it's going to be even more important uh, that, we, that we reach out and we communicate and we talk with each other. Uh, if we're, Tell me this, Anthony, yeah, when, you say, when you say tougher weeks, do you mean the coronavirus peaking, right? And then the uncertainty around that, will it come back and oh, all, all the different things you see? Is it also the market realities finally hitting home? Are they starting to hit home? I gotta believe, I've been calling them deep freeze. Transactions, sure, some people, there are still deals, there are still transactions. I went by a house the other day and I thought, oh, I'm gonna call the realtor, but realistically, <laughs> I'm not gonna buy a house. I, as a buyer, thinking they're gonna come down in prices, so I'm not gonna even consider it now. So this deep freeze on transactions that I think you and I both know, I hate to say it, but it, how serious, I don't know, but it seems like it's gonna happen. Is that starting to take hold or what's going on out there? I, again, I think it's all the above. I think we're still watching obviously the, the data about the virus. And so there's that and, uh, and each week goes by, the numbers get worse. I heard someone, and, and I know you and I bo both agree on making these comparisons to other situations, but I was talking to some, some New Yorkers that were here during 9-11 and, and the comparison is different. And the idea is that 9-11 happened and then every day after that, it got better. This one's different from the standpoint that this hasn't happened yet. We don't even know if it will happen uh, per se. So every day is still unknown. We're still waiting for it to, to happen and be over and then start to improve. So that's wearing on us. I think that's one thing that's happening. But on the other side, you're right. I mean, the, the, the markets are getting quieter. Uh, you, you and I both hear all the very positive anecdotal you know, we just put a deal in, we just listed a property, we just bought whatever. And, and those are still out there going on. And, and that does provide a little bit of hope. But there's also a reality that there are less and less of that every day. I follow so I the number one of the Go ahead. One of the challenges, tell me, and it, tell me that number, Anthony, is realtors, even when it's really bad, they just don't want to hear. And, and I don't hold it against them at all. I can relate. They really don't want to hear that it's that bad and they really want us, no, there's still transactions, there's still deals, we're still hanging on. Um, and it's just kind of the spirit of a commission-based salesperson, which you understand, you were that. And, that, and that's a power. Yeah, it, so it's hard here to talk about, it's even hard for me right now to talk about it because the last thing I wanna do is discourage anyone. So give me the data real quick and then let's move on so we don't discourage well, no, and I, I don't wanna go into, into the data, but we know that the number of showings have gone down. We know that the number of closings are, are starting yeah. to decrease. We, we know that that's, a, so, and again, it's back to that unknown. Where, when, is it, when does it end and when does it start improving? But then also, we also know that a, a lot of us in this business, we live check to check. 
and and the 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 last transaction, the distance between today and that last transaction is starting to increase. So I think yeah. all those realities are seeping in. Plus, yeah. we've been in our in our in our boxes, our our homes, and uh, with our families or without our families, whatever that is. So all of those things are building up, and I think it's yeah. kind of a storm that we are obviously going to have. You know, that emotional isolation is going to take effect as well. Absolutely. Do you do you? Uh think maybe let's just run through um you know people this for self-help i guess is important <laughs> even though i'm such a cynic of that but i actually watched a movie um the other night and it was kind of a dreadful british humor about a wedding a typical wedding genre movie where everything goes wrong but at the end one of the british actors was trying to coach his friend who was in a dilemma and he said um the guy said, I don't have any luck. And he goes, are you kidding me? You're lucky you were born. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, think about all the quirks and, and circumstance that your grandmother met your grandfather, your great grandfather met your grandfather, that, you know, they happen to be in Italy at the moment. And, they, and all of those quirks in history without them, which was all luck, lucky meetings, lucky events, lucky circumstances, that you were born. You're lucky you were born. And I just keep holding on to that, like, yeah, let's like not forget it. But that kind of seems empty. So I've been thinking maybe for our community, let's help them look ahead. And I'm not sure it's the right way to go because we don't know what ahead looks like. But it, could they hang on? Okay, this is going to be shitty. It's like, you know, a workout or waiting for the doctor or getting a body scan, which I did an hour and a half, you know, um, and then just try to focus on the other side. But I don't know, is, is that a way to do it, do you think? I think that has to be. I think right now, you, uh, I, I wish I could quote the serenity prayer perfectly, but the idea of, of knowing what you can control and what you yeah. can't and be able to distinguish the different and focus on the things you can. Well, there's a lot right yeah. now we cannot control. And yeah. I'm not a self-help guru either and not somebody, I, you and I both share similar opinions, but I do think there is a reality to that right now. We need to focus on what we can control we need to be optimistic and positive, but we also need to be realist uh, about what we know and then just stay as strong. I know it sounds cliche and I hate to sound that way, but then just stay as strong and as positive as we can. Uh, yeah. doing the smart Anthony, let Whatever me ask you this. Whatever the smart things are for you, they're different for everyone. Yeah, let me ask you is um, uh, your background, you were in commission sales and other products, right? In your life, you, were you- I, I sold a lot you of only, products, including real estate, yes. You, but pre-real estate, where you sold products that your livelihood depended on you selling something. Give me a story where shit, there were no sales. There was nowhere to go. I didn't know how I was going to sell. How'd you get out of that bag? How did you get out of that situation where you didn't know where the next commission check was going to come from? And tell us what the product was for fun. Uh, well, I've got to... <laughs> You, you know my story a little bit, but uh, I was a Fuller Brush man. That's how far I go back when it comes to- Oh, I to, love uh, that. The headquarters for Fuller Brush is actually on 57th, about three blocks from where I live right now, which is always interesting to walk by that old, beautiful Fuller Brush building. But no, I so sold you would, everything. you would knock on doors? I knocked on doors for vacuum cleaners and Fuller Brushes. Uh, I sold uh, auto policies. I sold, I mean, Brad, so many different products along the way. And-, uh, and Do you ever been, sell anything illegal, like drugs? I'm, I, I, I'm not going to comment on that while we're being recorded, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Inman. Uh, so but, uh, tell, tell, us about, tell us about a low moment with Fuller Brush or auto sales oh, insurance. There, 
I, for me in sales, there were a lot of low moments. And, and the reality is I handled most of them badly. I, uh, you know, as we call self-medicated, I did all of the things that, uh, that you shouldn't do. So uh, you know, it's a little easier for me when, when I went through the, uh, uh, it, it, I sold real estate for 10 years before being into this. And so there were several things that happened, including the financial crisis. And, and I think I was better then than I was you know, early on in life because a lot of those times earlier, uh, I would quit doing whatever it was I was doing. It wasn't, it wasn't me, it was, the, it was the thing I was selling. That's the reason mm -hmm. I wasn't successful. Or it wasn't me, it was the, it was the people that I was, I was selling to. Ultimately, I learned it was me. It wasn't. Yeah, let me ask you about that because I assume there's an impulse. It's like when someone says they're going to do a geographic, they're having problems in their life and they're going to move from New York to California. The problem is they take themselves with them. Exactly. Similarly here, like you just said, it was me. This impulse, I think when we're younger particularly, and I think particularly new generations, to give up. Like, yep. oh, I, polar brush is bullshit. I'm giving up. And then you go to the next thing. The problem is you have to take yourself with you. Is there any truth to that? Uh, for me, I gave up over and over and over. And, uh, and uh, you could call it failed. You could call it giving up. You could call it moving on or moving up or whatever. But yeah, I did that over and over. And I finally realized that, as you said, I was taking myself with me. And that's when I started focusing on, okay, what is it that I need to do differently? So my product is the right product and my clients are the right clients. And, uh, and a lot of that was just, again, being more realistic. I always try to work just on that you know, PMA, positive mental attitude. And, you know, that's, that's, being optimistic is good, but you've got to also be skilled. You've also got to train yourself. Uh, and I think that's what I, I learned a lot of over the years was you know, getting better at whatever. And I think there is an opportunity right now for us to do those things, whether it's the, the emotional self-development improvement to help our, our psyche during this, or whether it's actually looking at all of the other opportunities that are to learn, uh, whether it's about the industry and, and selling and working with clients, or whether it's about art and culture. I mean, look at all the great programs that are online right now, free of charge from museums and parks. All of those things will make you a better person, especially when it comes to selling real estate. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I was just thinking, this is so much more useful what you've been sharing here than us talking about niches. But let's just, let's just shift a little bit and we'll come back and have you again where you talk more. Because I think your life experience is, uh, it really qualifies you for this more than someone that, you know, got out of college and moved up the corporate ranks and always had a salary and, you know, that's great. And they could be leaders this too. my first paying job. Yeah, there you go. That I've says been, a lot I've been, of... I've, I've, earned, I've been a self-employed earner my entire life besides the position I'm in today. Wow, Anthony. Well, that's great. I mean, that that explains who you are. Uh, and if people haven't met Anthony, you should because he makes you feel good when you meet him. But let's let's just do a little thing. Uh, niches. Is there an, Are there niches in real estate that might emerge after this? Um, of course. You know, a bunker summit, you know, bunkers were <laughs> popular in Silicon Valley. Is that? Uh, yeah. I, I laugh when you say bunkers, but I mean, there's definitely been times if we look back at, uh, at our history when, when, uh, when bunkers are something that people were looking at. You look at a lot of the, the uh, uh, watching, I think, Mad Men, even watching some of those episodes from the you know, 60s and 70s. Yeah. And there was always the fear of uh, uh, you know, the nuclear hol holocaust and, yeah. and what people were buying and what was major home specials. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be some things emerging. A, a couple things that, that, that I've been talking about, you know, what we're doing right now, you and I have known each other for, my gosh, a long time. We've never done a video conversation with each other. Uh, right. We're doing it because we're kind of forced into it right now, but we weren't not able to do it in the past. 
Um, and I think what's interesting is not only that are we as, as people in this industry changing and using new habits, the reality is our consumers are too. They're going, wait a minute. And, and what, is that, what does that mean? So they're working from home. Are they going to move further out? I, I think they could. I think there's yeah. people that will say, wait a minute, I can do my job uh, maybe as effectively, maybe more effectively when I'm at home and, and using this kind of technology. So what I need in my home is probably going to adjust for some. Maybe I can be further away from the, the, the city center or, the, or whatever it is I do. Maybe, because I don't have to commute. Exactly. Maybe it's that I need a space in my face here in Manhattan. You know, I'm sitting at my dining room table because I don't have a home office in Manhattan, but maybe that would be more important to me. So I do think there are going to be you know, niches that are going to arise just because we've learned that we can communicate, excuse me, we can work differently. I also think our priorities are maybe becoming a, uh, we're, we're learning what our, priority, our, our priorities are right now. What is most important to me? And maybe some of the things that were important to me prior to this experience uh, will not be as important and other things will be more important. How I spend my time with my family, what space I have available to do that with my family if I'm isolated. So yeah, I mean, I, there's going to be some niches. I'm not going to say that there's going to be this rush to move to the countryside yeah, yeah. after everybody moving. Who knows? Into yeah, who knows? We'll have to see. Let me ask you this. I do think now, we were just talking about isolation, people had it. Initially in this, I said, oh, everybody's going to work from home when this is all over. But <laughs> actually, I think right now, people can't wait to get to their office and get away from I, their family. You I know, we had right. Connect in New York after Christmas, and people said, why in the heck did you have Connect in January in New York after the holidays? And I said, because then it was a predominantly male uh, audience, and it's certainly changed, and these guys spent all two weeks with their families and they were sick of it and they wanted to get out. So let's have it in New York in January. I'm not sure that ever worked kind of silly idea, but um, I do think there's going to be an impulse to get out of your home and get somewhere in the office or a flight or a trip or a business meeting. I think people are going to go crazy getting well, out whenever that happens. Well, I think this is where relationships, I mean, again, cliche, we always talk about relationships, but this is why they're so important. Because what I, my experience through this is going to be different than your experience through this. And, uh, and the realities are what I take out of this, what you take out of me different things. And so it's gonna be important that we understand uh, our clients because our clients are gonna have different, different yeah, views. Some people absolutely. wanna get the hell away from their families. Other people yeah. are like, wow, this has been really empowering and I wanna yeah. do more of this with my family. Yeah, and I don't think there's one side. There's never been yeah, a one side. Exactly. There is no right way. I've been saying through all these podcasts. I agree with you 100%. Anyone that says they have the right way, I don't believe them. But uh, hey, Anthony, this has been fantastic. I'm so glad you did it. And um, you, you have a lot to share with the industry and always have. And I really uh, respect you and appreciate you for being on this show. Any last word to the Inman community? Um, same thing I'm saying to everybody. Stay strong, stay safe, stay healthy. And yeah. uh, we will get through this, and, uh, and uh, good days are ahead. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Gang, I've had Anthony hit. Um, he's certainly a leader of the industry, a bright, cheery face, and also someone that comes to the industry with real experience, like the everyday Inman reader. And uh, we'll hear more from Anthony as we get through this mess. This is Brad Inman, checking out.